Hello, sweet friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today you may notice, and I sure hope that you do, we are getting a rename here on the podcast. And so originally it was Weathered Wisdom. All right, welcome to Salty Lit and Spiritually Fit. I'm your hostess, B. Leonard, and it is with great joy that I welcome our first guest to the podcast today. Join me as we extend a big welcome to my sweet friend, Virginia Green. Virginia will share her expertise on communication from a biblical perspective and a few tips on listening and speaking effectively. Hi, Virginia, and welcome to Salty Lit and Spiritually Fit. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Girl, I'm glad to hear that. I'm all the better for having you as our first guest. We are making history here today, and it is with such great pleasure and joy that I get to have you as my first guest. You've been a supporter of Salty Lit and Spiritually Fit when it was Let's Light It Up in its early beginnings, and it's not that old now, so I'm thankful for all your insight. Let's begin with you telling telling our um, viewers a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm a military spouse of 23 years. Um, I'm actually married to my high school sweetheart, even though we broke up in high school and then met two years later after that. So, that still counts. <laughs> uh, it does. It does. Um, so um, I have been saved since November 27th of 2001. So Amen, sister. Have, what is that, like 21 years? Yes. So, um, yeah, so I've been walking with the Lord for quite a while. So um so just some things about me um as far as like the bible is concerned um my favorite book of the bible is esther um because even though god is not mentioned in it you can see his presence all over that book and it's one of those things that i i love that part where it says for such a time as this yes because you don't know what your such a time as this is oh and what a wonderful topic to get into tonight as we're going to be talking about communication and esther was a mouthpiece for god yes yes Yes. and the lord used her in such a mighty mighty way but she had the willingness to be used of him absolutely that's, that's important um, so my favorite verse of the Bible is actually Psalm 139, 14. It says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous are his works and my soul knows, knows right well. well. Yes. Um, yes, ma'am. That's a good one. Yeah. That goes all the way back to your earliest beginnings yes. in time. Yes. Yes. Because, yes, you know, um, you know, uh, we were told that we were, we were known in the womb. Absolutely. And, um, so. Um, but my life verse actually goes along with your podcast. Does it now? 516. Um, you know. And that is just, for me, that is an amazing verse, you know, for, um, well, I'll just quote it. Um, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And, you know, like we are a vessel, we are a light. You know, I'm that walking lantern for the Lord. And to me, that's important in, in my professional and my personal life. Absolutely. You're set apart, my sweet friend. You definitely are. And I know you guys can't see her, but I can. And she radiates with the with the joy of the Lord. And there is no doubt about it. I knew it from the moment I met her that she had something special in her. And that was the Holy Spirit. And we were connected immediately. Um, and now she can't get rid of me. And look, she's here. She's here tonight. This is so exciting. And I say tonight, but we did change the format of the podcast. It's going to be... Um, airing every Friday now. So weekly instead of bi-weekly and it's going to drop at noon, but we'll be doing interviews all throughout the week or in preparation so I can bring you guys a better and more well-formatted, smoother podcast experience. Uh, So I'm with her tonight. It's a Thursday for us. So Virginia, we talk about communication and, and I know we talk a lot in words and words and words and words, but, and we also think in relationship to people in relation to the people that we have. Let's talk about communication with our creator. Right. 
What are your thoughts on that? So for me, it's very important because, you know, um, I can communicate with all kinds of people every single day, but I need to have that internal relationship with, with God. And so um, for me, creating a habit of devotions is important. So um, I'm actually a part of my um, a church group um, that we have um, been walking through the New Testament. And so I have a daily devotional to read between two to three chapters every day. Um, and I'm one of those people that um, my husband likes to listen to, um, listens, listens to the Bible. He receives it a little bit better. But I need to sure. read it. I need to look at the notes. I need to understand what, you know, what is being said. You know, like I need to understand the context of, you know, um, um, what was going on in that time so that I know how it can, how it can apply to myself. Sure. Um, You're getting into a little bit of communication style here. Right. The way that you receive and the way that you give. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So the same. So you would say, and I would say it's safe to say you would agree with this, or I would say, that communicating with our creator is different for everyone? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Even the way that we pray is different. Um, my husband is one of those people, like he likes to he'll hold my hand and pray before the day, before he we separate at the end of the day, because we just have this thing. We don't know what a day holds. And what if we never see each other again? We need to pray and we need to tell each other we love each other. Um, That's significant. That is significant. And there is biblical truth there. We're taught mm -hmm. that we're just but a vapor. Yeah. And then we just have these fleeting moments. We don't know how many of them we yeah. have. Go all the way back to the father who knit you together in your mother's womb, right? Like he knows those days. So it's important that we communicate with him. Elsewise, how will we know what he wants right. or wills for us? So when it comes to prayer, I like to journal my prayers. It helps me to stay focused because if not, I, I start veering off on all kinds of other things that I need to get done through the day. Um, but also, I like to either put up a verse in my office or either I have like these verse cards and every day I swap them out so that I see something present in front of me. So whenever I'm stressed out during the day, I'm like, you know, our brain can go through like an overload. Oh, yes. And so <laughs> if I can sit there and see something visible in front of me, it reminds me, okay, ground yourself back again. And what is that grounding point for myself? It's God. Wonderful. That's wonderful insight. So with that being said, you're taking the Lord's, you're taking the Lord's word and you're taking it mobile and you're yeah. putting it into places, yeah. a visual interest to you mm -hmm. and be able to anchor in, reset. We're going to talk a little bit about that, I'm sure, yeah. as we go along. So then we have some biblical truths on communicating with others. What would you, what are your thoughts on that? Like if I'm a believer and say my friend is not, or my neighbor is not, how would they know that I'm a believer by the way I use my words So or the way I use my body language even? Well, I think that sometimes we overuse words. So our communication is built into our walk as well. Yes. When we are consistent with our walk, I know that our neighbor on both sides sees us leave that house every Sunday morning. They see us leave every Sunday evening. They see us leave every Wednesday evening. They see the consistency of our lives. They don't see us outside fighting and arguing. We don't, they don't see us using foul language. They don't see any of that. And when we talk, you know, when we do have an opportunity to talk to them, we always, you know, whenever they're talking, you know, we allow our, our verbiage to be praising the Lord, you know, amen. You know, just using words that automatically will set us apart, you know, because we are a set apart people. Our, our verbiage should be way above all of the, I don't know, the monotonous garbage 
that comes out. You know, I had made a comment um, recently to someone that it's really surprising that people will use foul language because it's, a, it's such a small amount of, of foul words that there are out there. But we have such a huge vocabulary that God has given us. It and, is very limiting, yes. And we and we, we choose to limit ourselves to these five or six words. Like, why? And say them so repetitively, yeah. right? And yes. I'm like, to me, you know, that that's, it's almost a sign of ignorance, especially when we've been gifted with such brains to have such a vast vocabulary. It really does do some shortchanging there, too, on expression. Yeah. Like, yeah. to express yourself, and you just use this one word because it triggers it triggers emotion or it elicits a response Mm -hmm. because we're socially conditioned for that to be the case. So it's the quick response, the quick thing that we can just spout out. I believe our buddy James has something to say about that. Yeah. So um, just thinking on James, you know, um, the part where it talks about slow to speak and slow to anger. um, One of the things that um, I like to do is um, uh, for like my husband and I is, not feel like we have to give an immediate response. Mm. You know, sometimes just having that pause when someone asks us of something, or even if somebody just like engages with us and it causes that that static, that emotion, oh, that the yes, high that rate, rush, yes, yeah, not feeling like I need to reward that, you know, with me responding the same way. Just taking that deep breath and thinking about how I want to respond because I want my words to be meaningful, but I also want to mean what I say. Or what, no, I want to say what I mean. Right. I get you. I get you. So you don't want to have to go back and rehash it out. Right. Or to feel shameful or have to go through the the process of trying to fix things or set things right. Because maybe that wasn't your most rational or thoughtful or true even self, right? right? In a world full of words, we see in essence, I mean, we don't even have to hear another's voice. We receive texts and group meets and teams and Facebook messages and social media, Instagrams, and people slide into our DM, bump into our happy on a regular basis, right? All of these words, we're inundated with written communication all day long. The world seems to have lost sight of the true meaning of effective communication. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel as if it's like we're rapid firing in an attempt to get our words out the quickest. Like whoever throws the first shot, whoever speaks the harshest word. And oftentimes if you look in like discussion threads on maybe, I can't, I don't know if I can say the certain discussion threads, but wherever you may be looking at threads or asking for advice or even in a comment section of a popular retailer and you're just looking for reviews you will see verbal escalation very, oh, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, and and as humans, we're more prone to be negative than yes. to say positive. And you have to ask yourself, why are we prone to always note the negative instead of bringing out the positive? You know, I almost wish that when it came to having to do a survey, like there only being an option to, to say the positives and mm. not always noting the negatives. Because like what's impactful a, or what, yes, or yes, nothing at all, right? right? Right, And it's because, you know, like as soon as people hear negatives, it's like, oh, we got to change that. We got to change that. But really, do we? Like, mm. like if we see the positives, then we can build on that to make it better. And then, I mean, in a way, that kind of weeds out the negatives to begin with, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, if negative, you address things in a positive way, you could, you could inadvertently just squeeze out the negative, mm-hmm. right? Just by shaping it 
in that positive traction or that positive light. Oh man, you're, you're talking to me here. So I'm drawing back to the recent pleasure I had of joining you in a communication series that you just recently offered um, on our installation. And so throughout this series, you covered emotional intelligence, difficult people, maybe we're the difficult people. And in some people's life, we know we're the difficult people, right? Yes. Yes. And communication barriers and a growth mindset. So these essential elements, as you were drawing on, they were building blocks to work together to help us become more effective, compassionate, and concise communicators. What would you say the most common communication barrier there is, or what is the common barrier to communication? Um, the, um, the biggest problem, um, I guess, biggest communication barrier is active listening. And I do it all of the time. We are always ready to form a response to someone instead of actually genuinely sitting and listening to what they have to say. We're so ready to throw our own input, to tell our own story, to add to what they're saying. It's almost that I got to one up or, mm. I, or I want to make sure I relate to Mm-mm. you. I got to do this. But why can't you just sit still and just listen? You know, that's a lot of times that's what we miss so much from God because we can't just sit still and listen to what he's saying to us. If we just sit still and actively listen, we would probably avoid so many different things. I mean, imagine if you're in a conflict with with somebody and they're yelling and screaming, but you just stood there and you just listened. I'm pretty sure you you would honestly figure out why they're truly upset instead of you barking stuff back then there's never a resolution because you don't even know, like at the end of it, you don't both don't even know what you're arguing about. And now you both feel really crummy for firing those shots at each other and right. hitting below the belt. Right. So to speak, how do you take it back? You don't. How do you take it back? You can't take that back. So we've all misspoken at some point in our life. I'm certain of it. I know I've been known to eat a toast sandwich from time to time myself. <laughs> oh, I've put my foot in my mouth <laughs> several times. Yes, ma'am. And I think that's part of growing and learning too. And it's also part of your formative years. And so without getting too much into the psychology of speech and communication right. and, and how to express our needs, because that would be a whole series mm-hmm. in and of itself. But if we've done that and people like me, maybe more than we'd like to admit or won't even admit. Do you have any tips on how we might recover that conversation or revisit that topic later or a time frame of which we should be trying to do those things? Um, so when it comes to recovering a conversation, when it comes to that, humility. Humility is the key. We have to admit where we were wrong. And if we said something that was out of the way, then we need to admit where we were wrong in that situation and we need to make it right. Because communication is the key to a good relationship. And if you cannot humble yourself to admit where your faults are, you can't really move forward, you know? Mm. And a lot of times it's hard because we don't want to be the one that has to apologize or humble ourselves. We want to say, it's your fault. You should be the one to say sorry. Right. But really when it comes, when it comes to that, especially if you're, you're a saved born again, Christian, you will feel that prompting in your heart. But yes. it doesn't matter whether you think that they should make it right. You need to do what's right and you need to make it right. So do that reconciliation, part. that reconciliation. Right. So maybe not even in the moment where we feel the guilt or the pressure of it yeah. all. The person that we're, we're apologizing to or we're trying to reconcile with or we're trying to recover that conversation with, they have a side of that too. They have that receiving side. Right. So if we're delivering that, that heartfelt, honest, repentant reconciliation. Should we, should we be aware of anything on their side 
when we should deliver it. Should we be watching for body cues for them or conversational pieces? Or should we just try to interject that in the next available moment? So one of the things is, is that when, especially when somebody's angry, when you're communicating with somebody, they need to have time to process it. Even when you're apologizing, don't expect it for them to just jump up and be like, okay, yeah, we're good again. That's not, that's not going to happen. People need to process it. They need to be like, okay, I'm ready to accept your apology. But um, jumping to where you talked about like, you know, body language and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. A lot of times when we're talking to people, we really need to watch our facial expressions because a lot of times when we're talking to people, whether it's in a deep conversation, whether it's in just listening to some, somebody, if our face goes to a, a place of disappointment, like, mm. you know, it is an automatic turnoff for people to want to talk to you because at that moment they're ready to shut down their conversation. So like, for example, um, my husband may, may be just trying to correct me for a minute or something, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, like I look at him and I, he, he calls it duck lips. Oh, I, I know those lips. lips. I bet every woman on here knows them lips and probably the men too. Remember how famous that was yes. when people, when Instagram first came out and we were all duck lipping it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, he calls it duck lips and he goes, I know you're not listening to me. <gasps> it's a telltale sign. A telltale Your face sign told on you. That, that, that I'm not listening. Or like my daughter, when I'm talking to her, She's like, mom, just forget it. And I'm like, no, no, no. And she said, no, your face is already telling me that you disapprove. So why do I even need to tell you anything? Oh. So like when we're having those conversations and even when we're have, we're practicing humility to apologize, make sure that your face and your body language is in cue with that. Because if you walk up with, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, like I apologize about that. Really, is that genuine? No, mm. because, you know, you've got an attitude. You know, you can't carry an attitude with humility. It doesn't work. It doesn't go. No, no. Humility is laying all of yourself down. Yes. And saying. I'm trying okay. to rebuild something new. Yes. Rising up to rebuild that situation. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate that insight and how to recover conversation. Because I do think in today's society, we want things to be quick fixes. And you did hit on that body language and the tone of our voice even, right? If I come to you and I say, look, I'm sorry. Do you believe me? Probably not. Am I rolling my eyes? It, and then you have that flip-flop conversation, right? If I tell you I'm sorry, but you're not picking up what I'm putting down and you respond with, no, you're not, or get out of here with that mess or something that, anger. then you've just created yeah. another yeah. round in that cycle. Right. Now there's another barrier. Now there's another place of division or hurt or upsetness. Um, I'm going to go back to one of my favorite verses on speech. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Proverbs 16, 24. Man, conversating can be stressful. It can. It can be. Reading a tone of an email can be stressful. Well, if yeah, you don't have trying to it's almost like a like a um like a treasure map. Yes. Like trying to like decode <laughs> what's you know, like what's being said. And you know, even when you go to respond back, it's like you ever have the Holy Spirit tell you to take that text yes, back? Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you better write. Yeah. Let me edit that. Yes. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Especially if you, if you've ever had an experience, then you have, you have this thing called um, perspective or you have this perception is where I'm going. Perception of what could be on the other side of that. Right. Oftentimes we're doing something called transference. Mm 
right? Like we're transferring the way that we're communicating or what we are expecting from that other person. And expectations can get us in some major trouble, in some major, major trouble. So would you like to share an experience of growth pertaining to your communication journey where you've seen something go really right or something go really wrong? (laughs) So um, I have always struggled with anger. Anger is something that, you know, like I grew up around around that. My, My mom really struggled with that. And so I have honestly seen how over time God has just transformed my heart in the way that I communicate. Oh, isn't that so in good? In just such a peaceable, peaceable way where, I mean, I would be ready to fight. And we call her Christina. So, um, <laughs> we say in my house, you go holy from hood, holy to hood. Yeah, we go holy to hood. Yes, yes. You know, but like now, like there are times, you know, where like, um, you know, like, like, for example, just recently, you know, something, something occurred at work and I felt very, I felt like boundaries were broken mm. and, um, that can be I tough really to wanted to fly off the handle. Like I was just ready to like lay the law down. Like, like your instincts yeah. kicked in. And it was like that growth of saying, you need to go talk this out. You need to, you know. You know, and, and it was almost like that, that growth of saying, okay, like communicate what, what's going on, communicate those emotions and those feelings that you're having right now with somebody that you trust. So I chose my person and I went to them and I said, am I thinking wrong here? Like, I really, like this person just said this to me and I'm like, but why did they break, why did they cross these boundaries? Like, you know, is, is my thoughts wrong, you know, or anything like that. And so being able to talk that out. I was able just to kind of like, all right, let me take it from 10 and come on down and be like, okay, all right. You know, like it is, it is my, my, my emotions and my feelings are valid. Yes. However, is it worth blowing my testimony? Mm, no, preach sister. Yes. Is all that growth that the Lord has helped me in yes. my communication process is all wiped away. It's all compromised. Because, yes. Yeah, because is my testimony believable at that point? Because you just saw me blow up. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you bring that back? How do you bring that back? Mm, Grace in the space, girl. Yes. So, yeah. So honestly, I would just say for me, just being able to communicate my emotions, which like emotional intelligence, that self-awareness, Yes. but not only just the self-awareness about, about yourself, but also having that self-regulation that is important is knowing how to self-regulate yourself. And that was something that before I was saved, I did not know how to do. I mean, in an instant, I mean, before I was saved, I used to throw fruit. I used to like, I mean, I mean, serious. The stuff that makes good a sitcom maybe, but not in real life. It creates absolute chaos. Yes. Yes. I mean, my husband was mocked at work when he was a senior airman because, you know, it was the impression that his wife was abusive to him Oh, because of how angry I was, because I would throw things at him the way that I spoke to him. Like Mm. I demeaned him, you know, and of course that, that comes back from, you know, some past baggage that I brought some places that had yet to be healed because you didn't bring them. You hadn't brought them all the way in yet. Yeah. Correct. And so just seeing that journey of how God has worked in that communication area of the self-regulation, self-awareness, 
like I'm so thankful for where I'm at now. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm able to have the job that I have, because how can you teach and be able to work in this type of thing if you don't, if you don't know those things? If it's not authentic growth. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, Virginia, I can see a, I can see a big testimony there for sure. Yeah. And I won't leave you feeling all vulnerable. I appreciate <laughs> you for sharing that because you have you've made a long journey you you guys have been married for quite some time now yes yes. you're happily married joyfully married you are doing life together well you've learned to communicate and you're still improving on that which i think that's an element that we lose here in this world with that quick fix and everything being available to us is that we miss the weight we we don't use the weight to grow and develop. We don't sit in an awkward silence and go, hey, wait a second. How can I take this offense to opportunity? Right, right. And that and that is exactly what it is, is trying to find the opportunity in any situation. Yes. You know, because we can always sit there and say, you know, like, like you know, we were talking like in book club, you know, you got those pits and you got the peaks, but how can you find the gold in the pits? Right. You know, like, and how do you get from one to the other? Right. right. What's the journey? Right. I, I do believe in Psalm 23. The Lord calls that the valley. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. He right. calls that the valley and there's, right. there's growth there. Right. And then just being mindful that, you know, like life is cyclical. Yes. You're going to be on the mountain. You're going to be in the peak, you know, in the, in the peak and building those wonderful moments and stuff. But you, you know that you're, there's going to be a time where that circle comes around where you hit that valley, you hit that low, but like I said, what gold, what gems can you mine from that that you can take with you when you're going back up to the mountaintop? Oh, that's so and, good. And who are you going to have with you when you go back to the mountaintop? Correct. Because correct. my husband and I learned that early in our marriage, and I'll never forget. We call my husband, and I'm sorry, babe, I didn't run this by you, but we call him old David George. <laughs> that is his actual name. And so that is my most affectionate way of talking about him is that's my David George. I just absolutely adore that dimply man. He's got these beautiful dimples and chiseled jaw. And y'all, I've been apart too long. I'm going to tell y'all about him. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. We're going to let that. That's for me. That's for me. That's a gift to, a gift to me for the Lord. Right. Babe, if you're listening to this and I know you are, um, I adore you and I miss you. And these are words of wisdom that you spoke early in our marriage. And you said, very clearly. And he put his hands on my shoulders in a very loving, but firm way. And he said, we don't speak like that in this home. Yeah, We won't talk at all. You're not going to continue to use those words against me. You're not going to use that tongue, that sharp tongue to cut me down. Yeah. And you're not going to speak over our child like this. And I will tell y'all that I grew up in a, a home where verbal abuse was the norm. I grew up in a town that was very uneducated mm-hmm. and communication would have never been amongst the strong suit if you had to pick the attributes you recognize in the town. Um, And I knew that something was off, but I also knew very emotional language. And I learned to speak very dictatorship language, Mm -hmm. very protective Mm -hmm. language, very, we're going to shut this down right now language. I'm going to be the one that hurts you deepest language. And then, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to retreat and feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's going to work me over real good. And then we're going to reconcile. What I didn't know is that when I was going from the peak to the pit, that the valley was a place of healing. And I wanted to take David George with me when we went back to the peak. But over time, as I was healing and learning, but the offense was still there Mm -hmm. and the opportunity was no longer available to me. And so we had to set the tone in our marriage that this kind of 
communication would not be acceptable. And I actually spoke with one of my supervisors. Um, I was prior Air Force, and I, I've told you guys about this in an intro episode. But I had a feedback. And he said, you're stellar here, 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 here. You're above reproach here, 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 here. Your communication is bottom of the barrel. Right. He said, I don't, I don't mean to be rude. I don't know how you were raised. I don't know what that was, but it's very off-putting and it's not very becoming of someone who's in a uniform. And you don't seem to know when it's appropriate to say words like this or not say words like this or joke like this or not joke like this or be inappropriate or not be inappropriate. He said, and I, I think this is an area that you can have some professional, but then he loved me enough to say, personal growth yeah. and it happened to be at a time where David and I were having that same conversation in our home yeah and, and isn't that good how God like will sometimes yes. use outside people <laughs> when we don't listen to you know like some wisdom that's coming from our own home you know absolutely so. in the very next church service I went to I learned all about this pleasant words are as a honeycomb sweet to soul and health to the bones and I thought about that long and hard I thought about, do I want to be a healing or a hurting factor yeah. in my marriage? Do I want my words to sting yeah. to my son or do I want them to soothe my son? Yeah. At the time, now we have three of them. I I would like to say our testimony has come a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel comfortable speaking with me. But that's another thing, right? Is when we're closing out this conversation of tips and tricks to help us to become more engaged, aware, and effective communicators, right? If we're not received in that way, how do we take the offense into an opportunity for us to grow, not to fix the other person, but maybe to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, Mm -hmm. maybe to take that moment, really consider the conversation and what we're going to say. I remember a piece of our conversation series and we had talked about what do we want to say how do what are we trying to could you tell our listeners a little bit about that so um um are are you asking like from my perspective like what i do before i'm communicating yes okay so when i'm before i teach those classes before i go into a chief chat before i you know go into like where i where i'm gonna have to do public speaking or even having a deep conversation with my husband I always lean to prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the biggest thing for me for a couple of reasons. I want God to guard my heart and my mind because Satan is so ready to allow me to say something that I don't need to say. And he's, yeah, Satan is always ready to plant that seed of doubt, discouragement, or even, you know, to make you think ill of the person that you're talking with. Oh, you mean divide us from one oh, another? Oh, yeah. He's Separate us from fellowship. Us. Or like, you know, like if I'm, if I'm getting ready to teach something, you know, automatically, you know, put those thoughts in my head. No one's going to show up. No one's going to benefit from this. You know, your time is just wasted because, you know, he wants to, wants to do that. So I need my heart To devalue you. Yes. Yeah. I need my heart, um, my heart guarded and I need my mind guarded. So that's my first thing that I pray for. Um, The second thing is for the Lord to have free course in my life as a usable vessel for him that I will say exactly what he wants me to say. And that not only do I take the book knowledge, but I allow him that if there's something that somebody in my audience, whether it is my spouse, whether it's my children, whether it's people I'm teaching, that I say exactly what they need to hear. 
so that it'll make a difference in their life, you know, because the whole goal of what I do is to help people. Absolutely. But in my relationships, I want them to be successful. So even in my personal or professional, I want them to be successful. So I got to ask for that free course to happen. Sometimes when we try and plan what we're going to say, it almost come out right. Yes, ma'am. Because that has our personal touch to it, doesn't it? (laughs) That personal fleshly touch. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other the last thing that I would say is that when I'm communi- communicating um, or, I mean, when I'm praying um, and asking the Lord to, for me to communicate, I want my words to be pure and I want them to be true. I don't want to be where I have to backtrack because I've said something that's untrue and I don't want to, to say something that's not genuine to who I am. I'm okay being who I am Authentic, and, being, yes. and being, you know, authentically me. Unapologetically so, so yes. who you've been created to be in the season that you are right now, right. not one you hope to be right. in. And so, like, if, if I had a tip or a trick, lean, lean to prayer because you can't go wrong having the Lord guide you and how you're going to present material and how you're going to be in a conversation, especially one that is just filled with conflict and you're trying to come to that resolve and that resolution. You have to have God at the center of it. Because you're going to be a dog chasing its tail. Yes. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I resonate the most, one of the characteristics and one of the gifts that I resonate the most with from Jesus is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. the very first thing he's called is the mediator. That's right. He's That's a mediator. Right. Yeah. And if we don't welcome him into that space mm-hmm. and you're saying, let him go before you, don't even speak a word. What, all your work, all your preparation, mm-hmm. all goes through him first. Right. And then probably, surrendering that, right? Yeah. I was reading this morning, um, and it was talking about one mediator, or one God and one mediator, Jesus Christ. You know, and when you think about that, like God loves us so much that he changes our words into sweet-smelling savors for the Lord. Amen. So even though we're communicating them to somebody else, he still hears them. He still smells them. They're still They're being, being lifted to up to him. Yes. You know? And so when we commit those things to, to the Lord before we have these conversations, just imagine how much sweeter they are to the hearer. You know, Absolutely. Me, that's special. That it's is really special. special. And I do believe that that helps with the receiving yeah. end of the conversation yeah. and yeah. the continuation of a conversation, right? Yeah. Like if you're creating a dialogue, or narrative between you two, your relationship is written with those very words, those very actions, verbal and nonverbal, and all the like. Every we call them sweet nothings in our house, mm-hmm. but they mean everything. So they're sweet nothings that mean everything, and that's a text or a message. Mm-hmm. And that text just doesn't read the same if the words I spoke three to five minutes ago are ones of shame or regret yeah. or guilt yeah. or weren't paved the way in prayer. Mm-hmm. that's some sound biblical advice, my friend. Yeah. Yes. And so the last thing that I would like to leave you with is that we need to know who our audience is. And so knowing what they need to hear is important. And uh, I'll just give you an example. So um, I was dealing with somebody in my office and realized that when I had spoke to them about something, they had kind of gone off. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, what was that about? Well, later on, they came and they apologized to me and they explained why. After I found out why the situation happened, and it has something to do with their how they personally feel about their self. Oh, about, so you just kind of tipped them over unawaringly, unaware. You know, and, it, and, and it was just, you know, I wanted to take their picture for a, for a board. And this person, you know, told me, you know, like, I really struggle with self-confidence. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they explain, you know, I don't mind doing your picture, but like, can I come back, you know, later when I, when I've done my face and done my hair in a way that like, I will have confidence of my picture being posted somewhere. Where they feel best represented. Yes. So instead of using that, because Satan would have us to use these things that we know about people to attack them, to mm-hmm. diminish them. As a weakness. Yes. Right. And so whether it's, whether it's with your spouse, a coworker, anything. Find ways to affirm people because they already have enough things out there to bring them down, to destroy their sense of person. We need to try and affirm people. Absolutely. That is such a huge part of our communication is affirming people and helping them to believe in themselves. Us, we can do so much to increase somebody's confidence. Absolutely. And so if we have an opportunity like that, we need to seek it. We need to, we need to do something with it. So, to take some action. Yes. Yeah. Right? Which, that's yeah. communication in and of itself. Yeah. Well, you think about Paul. How does he end most of his things? It's always with some kind of affirmation, yes. affirmation and thankfulness. Absolutely. Why can't we, we, we be like that in our personal and professional relationships? 100%. 100%. When we affirm what God has created in someone, what we see in them, instead of the weakness that the enemy has exposed in them or even created in them, mm-hmm. we free them. We give them an avenue to exit that narrative, yeah. to use our words to see their hearts, to right. see that space. Regina, that was fantastic. I will definitely be taking that advice. <laughs> I absolutely I will be. <laughs> I need to be very intentional in that because yeah. I can't honestly say to you that I pray about, well, I pray about this episode. We yeah. prayed before we came yes, on here. I've been yes, praying since the moment we thought about even partnering to do this um, and, and going into this space. Uh, but there are many conversations that I have throughout the day that w- would benefit from me taking a beat, taking a beat and removing Brandy and be out of that space. Mm-hmm. And letting the Lord enter in there and just fill that place with grace, right? Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. What a joy it's been to have you, Virginia, Miss Virginia Green. Thank you for joining us during this introspective discussion of the art of effective communication and taking it from a biblical perspective. No matter what we do here, there, or everywhere, may it always be true to who we authentically are in Christ. Mm-hmm. We hope this content and these tips for value added and beneficial to you, our leaders. As we uh, finish, let's go ahead and pray. Mm-hmm. Our Father God, we come into your presence, thankful to be welcomed here. You are the ultimate example of communication, drawing us in, drawing us near, mediating for one another, speaking words over us that we wouldn't dare utter to one another. This places of adoration, of admonishment, this places of correction, Lord, may we not take any of those for vain. Teach us, Lord, how to be present and how to present our request through your son, Jesus, assuring us as every time that we do that you are listening through the gift of our mediator, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we come in, all of us, with many requests. We sound a lot like our social media, spouting off random facts and numbers and impressive tidbits. Lord, would you see past all of those? No matter how many requests or needs or hardships we have on our hearts or heavy, we are are always welcome right there where we're able to be uh, unleashing and, and letting go and unloosing the world from us so that we can spend more time in the word. Other times when we come just to draw near to you, that, sesh, that special place, that special space where we are healed, our intimate places are so exposed without so much of an utterance of a word. We thank you for that. In a world full of too many words, we thank you that we don't have to have them all. 
Thank you for welcoming us as we are. Thanks for listening, guiding, leading, and speaking into our daily lives. In our time of prayer, in our time of communication, in our time of interacting with our fellow brothers and sisters. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Thanks for joining us on Salty Lit and Spiritually Fit. It's a joy to gather here with you on this platform. Until next time, let's light it up. Light up. <laughs> Hello, sweet friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today you may notice, and I sure hope that you do, we are getting a rename here on the podcast. And so originally it was Weathered Wisdom. No, 